Welcome to Condensed Matter, condensing recent work in metaphysics and the philosophy of science down to what matters. I'm your host, Sam Kinton Knight. This episode is about Chris Dorst's recent paper, There is No Measurement Problem for Humians, published in Noose in 2021. Our day-to-day experience of the world concerns what philosophers would call medium-sized dry goods, things such as tables, chairs, tennis balls, bicycles, baseball bats, and so on. We're familiar with how these objects behave, and so we're quite good at making predictions, both rough and more scientific about what these things will do in various different circumstances. But our reliably accurate expectations and classical scientific theories break down once we examine the world at the very small scale, the scale of electrons, neutrons and the like. Down there, things behave very differently than anything we are remotely used to from our day-to-day experience. Particles emitted from the same source seem to be able to communicate with each other over arbitrarily large distances. Waves behave like particles, and particles behave like waves, and the idea that things have a definite position and momentum is shattered. But perhaps most surprisingly of all, the ways in which small things behave seems to be dependent on us, and more specifically, on whether or not we choose to measure them. Quantum mechanics was developed to bring these weird and wonderful phenomena at the microscopic scale within the descriptive and predictive remit of science, and to this extent quantum mechanics was extremely successful. The quantum mechanical laws that we have today are incredibly accurate and useful, but there is something that many find deeply troubling at the heart of this theory. The problem is that there are in effect two fundamental principles of quantum mechanics, the Schrodinger equation and the measurement postulate. And these two principles have different domains of applicability and are very different in nature. The Schrodinger equation describes how a system evolves when it is not being measured. And the measurement postulate describes how a system evolves when it is measured. The Schrodinger equation is fully deterministic. It takes as input the state of a system and outputs just one possible state of that system at any future time. But the measurement postulate is indeterministic. It provides the user with probabilities that systems will be in certain states when measured. How can it be that nature is so disjointed in this way? How can the notion of measurement feature in the fundamental physical laws? This is the basis of the measurement problem. Dorst identifies in the literature three helpful but slightly different ways of explicating the measurement problem. The first of these targets imprecision in the notion of measurement. The measurement postulate is supposed to be applied by physicists in measurement contexts, i.e. when they are measuring something. But there is nothing to tell us precisely what counts as a measurement context. It's just left to the physicist to decide. Now, in practice, physicists are perfectly good at identifying measurement contexts, but surely we want more precision from our fundamental theory than this, which seems to boil down to physicists' intuitions or hunches on what counts as a measurement context. Dorst attributes this articulation of the measurement problem to John Bell. The second explication of the measurement problem that Dorst discusses turns on the point that we have no characterization of measurement in quantum mechanical terms. Now this is of course closely related to the previous articulation of the problem. The subtle difference here is that the present problem, but not the previous one, would persist even if we had some precise account of measurement in non-quantum mechanical terms. 
Why is it problematic that we lack a quantum mechanical account of measurement? This question leads to Dorst's third way of articulating the measurement problem, according to which there is an inconsistency in the fundamental principles of quantum mechanics. Surely measurements, like everything else, are just physical processes. Measuring devices are hunks of matter, obeying the same physical laws of everything else. So why should it be the case that the dynamical laws differ depending on whether or not a measurement is taking place? Since measurements are physical processes like any other, how does nature know whether to behave in accordance with the dynamics of the Schrodinger equation or in accordance with the dynamics of the measurement postulate, where these two different dynamics are mutually inconsistent? Okay, that's the measurement problem from various different angles. Let's turn now to think about Humeanism about laws of nature. The basic idea here is that laws of nature describe what goes on in the universe. But not just any description will do. Laws should provide us with a strong and simple description of the universe. To better understand what's going on here, imagine having a one-to-one conversation with God. You ask God to tell you about the universe in a way that's simple enough for you to understand, but which also captures a sufficiently large amount of the information that there is, and which is useful for you insofar as you are interested in making your way around the universe. It would be pointless for God to just list every single fact about the universe. This list would be impossible for you to remember or make use of because it would be so long and unwieldy. A better bet would be for God to provide you with a handful of very general, true statements about the universe from which you could then derive or infer lots of further information and which you could apply to a variety of situations. Now, the more informative these statements are, the more complex they will be. And if they become too complex, there will come a point where they will be of no use to cognitively limited creatures such as yourself. So you want to strike the optimal balance between informativeness and simplicity of the statements. Laws of nature, according to the Humean, are true statements about the world that strike the optimal balance between being informative and being simple. The most famous Humean account of laws is David Lewis's best system account. Lewis makes the idea just sketched more precise by understanding laws of nature as informative and simple descriptions of the distribution of properties, such as mass, charge and spin, throughout space and time. Now, it has typically been thought that the properties referenced in laws of nature must be fundamental, but Dorst provides reasons to doubt this assumption. First, physicists themselves seem happy to couch their fundamental laws in terms of non-fundamental properties. Just take Newton's second law, force equals mass times acceleration. Both force and acceleration are derivative, i.e. non-fundamental. Acceleration is the second time derivative of absolute position, and force here is the resultant force, which is the vector sum of various component forces. It doesn't matter that Newton's second law might turn out not to be fundamental. All that matters is that physicists at one time thought it a good candidate fundamental law and were happy that it referenced non-fundamental properties. And David Lewis ultimately allows that laws can talk about chances, and chances do not seem like good candidates for being fundamental properties, at least according to Lewis's own view. Why couch fundamental laws in terms of non-fundamental properties? The answer is that doing so yields significant gain in simplicity of the laws. If we plugged in all the component forces and the second time derivative of absolute position in Newton's second law, we would be left with something very unwieldy and complex and just not as useful as the canonical formulation in terms of the derivative properties. 
The general point, then, is that the Humean about laws should be happy to couch their laws in terms of non-fundamental properties, if doing so would yield significant gain in simplicity and user-friendliness, while not sacrificing too much in the way of informativeness. Okay, so what has all this got to do with the measurement problem? Well, recall that one way of getting at the measurement problem turns on dissatisfaction with the idea that the notion of measurement, or the property of being measured, should feature in the fundamental laws of quantum mechanics. But, as we've just seen, according to Humeanism, laws can reference non-fundamental properties if doing so significantly furthers the aim of providing the simplest, most informative summary of the universe. Quantum mechanics, including its laws that reference the property of being measured, certainly does provide a very informative and simple summary of what goes on in the universe. So why not just let the property of being measured feature in the laws and stop worrying? Recall the different explications of the measurement problem discussed by Dorst. The second of these said that there was no quantum mechanical account of measurement, and the third inferred from this that there is no way for nature to tell whether to obey the mutually inconsistent Schrödinger equation or measurement postulate at any given time. But according to the Humean, talk of nature being able to tell what to do in a given situation is incredibly misleading. Nature doesn't look out for measurement contexts or anything else in order to know what to do. It just acts unthinkingly. The laws then describe nature in a simple and informative way. It may well turn out then that the best, simplest, most informative way to describe what nature unthinkingly does involves appeal to the property of being measured. Laws, according to the Humean, are useful navigational tools for us, not for nature. And laws that reference measurement are, like it or not, very useful as attested to by the success of quantum physics. Another way of putting the measurement worry was in terms of measurement being hopelessly imprecise. The implication being that we cannot pinpoint where the Schrodinger dynamics give way to the measurement postulate. But we can think of this as a sacrifice of informativeness of the laws of quantum mechanics couched with reference to the property of being measured. And remember, a Humean account of laws tolerates a loss of informativeness if it results in significant gain in simplicity. Is this proposed loss of informativeness too extreme, though? Well, Dorst argues that it's not. He argues that an alternative laws system that listed all the precise spatiotemporal locations throughout the universe in which Schrodinger dynamics give way to the measurement postulate, while perhaps informative in a sense, would be hopelessly unwieldy and complex. In fact, such a system of laws would be impossible for creatures like us to use. Dorst then considers the possibility of the imprecision admitted leaking out and spreading in an insidious way, such as to far more seriously compromise the informativeness of laws. But he argues that there is reason to believe that this does not happen in actuality. Relatedly, but later on in the paper, Dorst proposes that we understand the sorts of laws that will feature in a Humean best system account as good amplifiers – where, roughly, this means that laws are informationally compact and are such that, given relatively limited or simple input, they are capable of outputting or entailing a great deal of information about the universe. But long lists are not good amplifiers in this sense, because they don't really output any more information that is already directly included in their formulation. Conversely, we will tolerate additional complexity in the formulation of a law if doing so prevents the unbounded proliferation of imprecision. 
This is why, for example, physicists do not round off the constants in the law of universal gravitation. A small amount of additional complexity here, in the form of additional decimal places, yields a massively more efficient amplifier and avoids a proliferation of imprecision. The general point, then, is that there is a principled way in which to draw the line between the sort of imprecision that's tolerable and the sort that is not. Imprecision in the quantum laws that reference measurement is tolerable, according to the Humean account of laws. Okay, that's a lot already, but I'll briefly mention two more important points from the paper. So quantum mechanics is strange, right? So what should the Humeans say about the plain intuitive strangeness of quantum mechanics? Well, according to Dorst, we can account for the scientific impulse to explain precisely when Schrodinger dynamics gives way to the measurement postulate, aka wave function collapse, in terms of the desire to search for a better systematization than the one we have as presented in textbook quantum mechanics. But the Humean should also be open to the possibility that there is no better systematization. For the Humean then, textbook quantum mechanics replete with reference to measurement is a completely legitimate candidate system of laws. What does all this imply about interpreting quantum mechanics? How does Humeanism stand in relation to spontaneous collapse theories, pilot wave theories, and many worlds? Well, these famous interpretations arguably posit an underlying ontology, a vivid picture of the basic stuff in the world on which the dynamics act to bring about wave function collapse, or apparent collapse. Humeanism doesn't do this, since it leaves open the nature of what is described by laws in the best system account. The world just acts unthinkingly, there is no collapse mechanism to speak of here, and the laws simply describe what happens. Though that's not to say that the Humean couldn't go further and offer something more like an interpretation in the traditional sense by positing more detail about the underlying ontology. And crucially, the Humean has more interpretative possibilities since they can allow that fundamental laws reference measurement. Okay, that was a lot, so I'll keep this section brief. Something I've wondered was if Humeanism might just more straightforwardly or flat-footedly avoid or dissolve the measurement problem. If, as per Humeanism, you deny fundamental explanatory tethers in the world in the form of governing laws or necessary connections, then why worry that the world sometimes behaves in one way and sometimes another way, as per the measurement problem? To my mind, a key Humean theme is the rejection of certain kinds of demands for explanation in metaphysical or even mechanical terms. There's no further explanation, that's just how things are. So I did wonder if the more involved excursion into Humeanism and the recent pragmatic Humean turn was really needed to make the basic point here. Alternatively, I wonder if many people might read this paper as an effective modus tollens of Humeanism. So, just grant that Humeanism implies that there is no measurement problem, but then insist that there darn sure is a measurement problem, and hence infer that Humeanism must be false. I wouldn't be surprised if that was a route that many people took in response to this. And finally, what I particularly liked about this paper was the compelling case it made for the conclusion that if Humeanism is true, then the measurement problem dissolves. I'd like to see how all the physicists and philosophers of physics, who often quite blithely describe themselves as Humean, but who still insist that the measurement problem is a serious issue, would respond to this paper. Thanks for listening to Condensed Matter. Please rate and review the show on your favourite app so that more people can find it. 
There's also a link to the show's Patreon page in the episode notes. Your support will help towards the costs associated with hosting and production and will lead to improvements in your future listening experience. Patrons of the show will also get the chance to suggest articles and guests for future episodes. 